The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome once again to the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. It is December 13th, 2017. Talk about SmackDown Live for December 12th, 2017. The go-home show for Clash of the Champions coming up this Sunday on the WWE Network. Once again, I am Glenn Rubenstein, joined as always by Mr. Raj Geary and Chris Calicut. Back in the mix. Chris, how's it going, man? I'm doing fine, Glenn. Hope you guys are. Uh, good to be back. Maybe a one-off, but you know, uh, uh, nice to be back on the old podcast. Totally, man. Raj, how's it going this morning? Good. How about you guys? Doing well, man. Doing well. Okay. Can't believe Christmas is almost here. Right. Yeah. We're right around the corner for sure. Yeah. And yeah. speaking of which, we're going to be—we're not going to have a podcast on that Christmas night, just so. Yeah. Unlike the WWE, we take a day off now and again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, so much last night, the go-home show before Clash of the Champions on SmackDown Live. we got some other news we're going to get to this week, talking about uh, what's going on with, uh, oh, man, Woken Matt Hardy, some of the other stuff today, Facebook and WWE making an announcement. Lots of news this week. Lots happening with wrestling. But first, let's jump into SmackDown Live and the Yep movement, which I deemed last night the best opening segment of perhaps any WWE programming in this entire year. Uh, did it fulfill on its promise? Well, I'll leave that to you to decide. But Raj, what did you think of, of that through line and that way to open up the show last night? I liked it. Now, I got to admit, I was at the Gaga concert last night. Um so it ran pretty late, so I kind of skimmed through SmackDown, so I didn't watch uh, all the matches in their entirety. But I thought uh, I thought this opening segment was really good. And, you know, I think Sammy and Kevin they got this they got this nailed down, and and they're great together. So uh, they're they're the highlights of the show by far. Yeah, Chris, what did you think? I love these two guys, man. Um, they they seem to really be owning what they're doing right now, and they're just having fun because I think they're just es essentially being extensions of the, of themselves. Um, I think Sammy enjoys being a heel a little bit too much, so much so much so that I think uh, he corpses KO every once in a while during a promo or something like that. It's it's actually just really fun to watch. Um, now on those T-shirts. Was the P, is that real t-shirts that they're making, you think, with the P no. on there? Or it was, was it the a, P over the S? It was a paper P that they cut okay. out and pinned to the S. Not as apparent in the opening segment. I did not notice until the end of the show when you could kind of see them flapping a little bit when they were moving. Yeah, but you I know, they're going to start selling those oh, at some point. I'm surprised <laughs> they weren't on the shop last night. They should be up there this morning. And pro know? Yeah, probably by next week, I'm sure they'll be up. Yeah, love that they did that. Love that they were handing out flyers backstage and trying to organize the other wrestlers. Yeah, playing off the whole Raw, you know, Occupy Raw movement. Yep. I thought that was uh, that was pretty clever. Lot, lots of good callbacks, and if the fans have been around for a while, what was that WrestleMania thirty-ish? Yeah, thirty. That they all that was going on, so not too far removed. So good callback. Yeah, and you know, I thought, how are they going to top that with? Uh, the first segment of the night in the ring with AJ Styles. And I have to say, with the Singh brothers coming out and offering to switch allegiances and dissing gender, um, I thought that segment 
the word that comes to mind for me is delightful. That was delightful watching the Singh brothers in there offering to switch sides. They are so charismatic. Um, oh my God. Like, you wouldn't think as much because they, they were very corny and sort of Bollywood dancer. Obviously they were the Bollywood boys and the cruiserweight classic, but they have sort of come into their own and they're genuinely hilarious in my opinion. And I would love to see them actually be sort of an underdog comedy tag team at some point. Yeah. Their size is going to hurt them. And that's yeah. always been the case. Cause they, they definitely did. Sh- I thought they showed a lot tonight. I mean, they were great on the mic. Uh, yeah. Charismatic. Uh, but you know, that's always been the case is that their size kind of, kind of hurts because I mean, they're, they're pretty small guys. So uh, as a tag team, they wouldn't go that far. And the cruiserweight division, you know, I can't, you know, that's going nowhere. So, uh, well, and yeah, given the start time of that Facebook experiment, it looks like the cruiser 205 live is going to get pushed back half an hour. Yeah. Oof. I wonder, or I wonder if they're just going to do it simultaneously and get pick or hmm. um, have to do some pre tapes or something of one of them. So, yeah, because that the 205 live, uh, well, that Facebook Live thing that was announced this morning, mm-hmm. um, Mixed Match Challenge, that's, so far, it's a 12-episode series. 20 minutes yeah. each. Yeah, 20 minutes each. But so, it did yeah, say 10 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. So, really, that could be taped, um, instead of having a dark match on Tuesdays before SmackDown, that could probably be taped in that spot, right? Yeah, but if you're doing this interactive thing and you want that feeling, I mean, Facebook's not paying the money for taped and- programming. Yeah, and they they emphasize that it's live. It's they said Facebook and WWE to launch live in ring series. So gotcha. I think you should uh, be the first, Raj. You should be sending an email to WWE saying, "What does this mean for two hundred five live?" Official <laughs> comment. I'm I'm worried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess they could push it back twenty minutes every Tuesday. So. Yeah. Um, so, yes, and we'll talk about that a little more in detail later. But, uh, yeah, the Singh Brothers, man, I'm kind of peeved that they haven't had uh, them talking for Jinder this whole time because giving the more that they put the focus on them and let them get on the mic, I think they come across really, really well. And I and, like and, that they haven't split them off, at least yet. Yeah, and then just we'll, let we'll see what happens this weekend. But um. Although I want them in the tag division because, you know, the Singh Brothers versus the Usos, I feel like, is just, you know, Singh Brothers, not, not identical, but... Close enough. <laughs> As we learned tonight, apparently. Yeah, the yeah. Singh brothers are pretty good. I, I remember seeing them. Uh, I, I went to the very first GFW taping in Las Vegas. And uh, I remember seeing this thing. <laughs> <Wow. laughs> the very first? The, wasn't that the only GFW? Yeah, they, they had like four, I think. <laughs> no, but I was invited, so I went. And, um, and uh, yeah, I remember seeing them and thinking like they had something. They were the first. I think they might have been the only GFW tag team champions. Um, but I remember seeing them there that, you know, they're, they're really good, but again, their size always, uh, that's always the thing, especially with WWE. Yeah. Um, I thought AJ, that whole thing, I think AJ needs people really to play off of. And, uh, I think that was really, really good in that segment last yeah, night. Of course, AJ, his mic skills, man. Um, AJ. So, I mean, he's probably wrestler of the year uh he definitely was last year i maybe it's debatable this year but um man his uh his promo ability he he definitely needs someone to play off of because uh he's not he's not the best on the mic yeah it's weird though right because he's got i think he's so good when he's with other people that his weakness 
or or shortcomings don't come across until they just put him out there and have him talk by himself. Yeah. You know, because he's so good with with other people and he has he has chemistry with everyone, it seems like, but just not on his own. It's funny because I think AJ is kind of a natural baby face in a lot of ways, because when you watch him, you just want to get behind him. Yeah. But um, he seems a lot more comfortable on the mic when he's a heel. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't see these, you know, the, the 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 bad promos when he was a heel, whereas when he's a baby face, he seems like he struggles a little bit. No, definitely, man. Um, so the first match last night, Charlotte Flair versus Ruby Riot, setting up the Lumberjack match. This was originally supposed to be a three-way. They changed that. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, it was supposed to be uh, the Riot Squad. Basically the same thing they did on Raw. With, yeah. Uh, <laughs> six-woman tag match with the Riot Squad. It was supposed to be, uh, they were supposed to face Carmella, Tamina, and Lana. Uh, so, I mean, that's probably a change for the better, for sure. Yeah, I think that was a good audible that they called there. But yeah. you know what? The match wasn't that bad. Um, was, for, what, bad. I mean, for, for what they were doing, but I mean, we all knew sort of the end game here. Um, and, you know, with the Riot Squad, I think, obviously, the slightly weaker of the two new factions, but Ruby Riot to me has sort of overcome the material that they've given her. I think she has a new confidence and aura about her that I didn't necessarily see on NXT because I cover NXT on a weekly basis. And I thought she was fine, but I think she's taken it to another level now that she's been called up. So this yeah. was one of the matches I skimmed. So I can't say much about the match. <laughs> well, not much I, happened. It went to the DQ. I mean, setting up this lumberjack match. They they kind of did the same thing as on Raw, right? Yeah. I mean, at the end where yeah. the the heels got their comeuppance already, which, um, yeah, you want to see what's going on with this feud? Just watch Raw the night before, and <laughs> you, you kind of get the the general idea. I don't know, man. Seven women will be surrounding the ring Sunday at Clash <laughs> of the Champions. There will be nowhere for an Italia or Charlotte to run with seven women all around the ring. Yeah. Oh man, let's see. Um, I think oh, I, I, I gotta say surprised. this. I think I think Liv Morgan is gonna be a star. Like I see her I with her poise, and she just uh, her in ring needs work. But if she can if she can get that going, she's uh, she's got that poise, the look. She stands out. Um, I think I think she could be a superstar. I tell the story all the time, but the NXT house show in Lakeland, Florida, fall of 2015, back when she was still going under her real name of Jana Dadio, saw her come out and she did this ring sequence with getting someone in a leg lock and flipping them around the ring. I mean, I just thought she was the complete package from then. I mean, it's great to see her promo skills have evolved so much, but I think she could be just money for the company. Yeah. You know, um, we'll say this though, Naomi last night, that Ooh. was the best Naomi segment with her just running in, doing the double drop kick, going in the ring. I mean, that was that was smooth, and that was a great return. God, I hate front drop kicks with a passion because the person doing it takes a bigger bump than the person taking mm-hmm. it. <laughs> but that one was fantastic. Perfect. I mean, and, and did you hear the pop, though? Yeah. Like, she's been out, you know, what, what only two, three like, weeks now? And, I mean, and, and she got that big of a pop just because of the music. She didn't waste any time dancing. She got down to business and probably got one of the better reactions and, and, you know, wrestling sequences that she's had in a long time, if not ever. Yeah, man. Yeah, if I'm, she, oh, what's know, uh, yeah I, I thought they, they handled her return well. I think she's been out doing, uh, there's some project with the Usos that she had announced earlier this summer. So I think that's where she's been. Um, 
but yeah, that, that was a, a cool return. Playing a Charlotte, Becky, and Naomi, I think is the three-woman team against the Riot Squad when Becky is back. Um, and they'll probably bear the Riot Squad once and for all after the end of that feud. Um, well, well, quick question before we move yeah. on, guys. Um, since Raw and SmackDown's women's segments have been so syncopated, do you think there's a reason behind that? Or <laughs> is there? are they just really that lazy? Wait, what was the question? Since is they, it laziness or is there like a reason? Because because the Raw and SmackDown women's things have been almost exactly the same. I think it's laziness, honestly. Um, See, I'm holding out hope that it's not, but I'm leaning that way. I, I wish that it, maybe Paige is behind both groups' call-ups or something. I don't know. That's been um, a rumor for a while, but I don't see them going in that direction. When would they do that, though? I mean... Well, yeah, that's true, because... Well, I mean, you'd have the to Rumble? have, yeah, because if they have a women's Royal Rumble, then they can oh, team up true. together. But where do you go with that? Yeah. <laughs> where do you go with any of this stuff? You're not going to have Paige. On, you're not going to have Paige on both shows. So well, that's true. Um, well, you could. You could, but they're not. I don't see them doing that. Um, and most WWE stories, where do they go with that? In a circle. That's yeah. where it just spin around and around. No, know? they're just, they've always been lazy with the women. You see it every week on SmackDown where they just clump a bunch of women in the same match uh, week after week after week and uh, have them talk about the revolution and how it's a new dawn and all this stuff. <laughs> what know? was that writer that's making the rounds on the podcast this week? The former writer saying that if you're a new writer in the WWE, you start writing for the women before they even let you write for the men. Oh, wow. See that? Oh, I didn't see that. I saw that piece from an interview, but it was talking about like that's why the women's division writing in particular is so erratic and inconsistent. Yeah. Hmm. It's always sense. whoever's new. Yeah. Like, you know, you had Nia Jax turn on Alexa Bliss a couple months ago, went nowhere. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they're standing as a team this last Monday night. And, you know, they, they just, there's no consistency whatsoever with their feuds or them supposing to hate each other so anyway yeah this is uh the most anyone's talking about last night's match <laughs> um but we'll see what happens sunday night clash of the champions so backstage daniel bryan was on the phone with shane uh further setting up the reveal that there would be two referees during that match at clash of the champions but uh then we had baron corbin versus dolph ziggler oh my god it was like the spring of 2016 all over again uh, this match in advance of their triple threat with Bobby Roode on Sunday at Clash of the Champions. Ziggler, back to the full entrance. Yeah, they kind of dropped that too, apparently. Um, didn't really seem to enjoy his interest, I guess, I guess in his defense. Um, but yeah, back to full entrance. Match was fine. Um, that's about all I can say about that one because Bobby Roode on commentary got involved once again, or actually not once again, but he played the role of Dolph Ziggler this week, yeah. taking out both guys. So both of those got, both of those guys have gotten ahead so far. So my guess, Corbin retains uh, on Sunday. Yeah. I think that's uh Corbin beats Ziggler and they keep Corbin and rude going. Um, yeah. I was surprised when they did this match. Cause I, I almost thought they were going to have Ziggler beat Baron Corbin. And that seems like it seems like they try to avoid Ziggler winning, <laughs> you know, as much as they can, especially uh, over someone like Corbin. But um, yeah, they didn't. They didn't go that way. Rude, rude, Bobby Rude. Uh, man, he sucks right now. That's a, that's yeah. the only way I can put it. 
He's miscast as a babyface. He, uh, he, they, it seems to have sucked all his charisma out that he had in NXT, and uh, he, they need to they need to change that. Yeah, I agree. Um, Fashion Files. Chris, what are your thoughts? You think oh. uh, on on Rude? Um, initially, I didn't mind him coming in as a, as a babyface. I really didn't because you've got the the entrance is you know ready made for a babyface pop. Um, and it was over in NXT, even when he was a heel, obviously. So, I mean, you, you have that dynamic, but as far as his, as his charisma, his, his, I mean, he works like a heel anyway, because that's just his style. He sort of has that Triple H type of style in the ring where he kind of works like a heel, no matter what he's, what character he's playing. Um, but he probably needs to turn sooner rather than later. Yeah. His entrance has never meant so little as it does now, because I feel like it, you don't get that huge pop or anything for it. So uh, if that was the reason to turn him baby face was because people were going to pop for that entrance. Well, there's, there's no reason now. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So fashion files last night on WWE.com. On, yeah, on so YouTube. that's, that's been demoted. <laughs> and uh, they're facing the bludgeon brothers, the storyline that's been built up for like six months now <laughs> where I'm still not sure what the storyline is. In this feud, but they've taken a long time building it. The match is finally happening Sunday, Clash of the Champions. Oh, what better way than to take the Bludgeon Brothers seriously than to put them against wrestling's favorite comedic tag team duo that I can't remember the last time they were in the ring. Glenn, I'm sure you watched the the fashion files on WWE.com. Do you watch the whole... Whole no, I didn't watch there's it last a big night. reveal that they were behind the whole No, we flipped over uh last night. We watched election stuff immediately after. Oh yeah. <laughs> Smackdown. <laughs> we were just, that was that was a, kind of a that surprise. Was, that was a, that was a swerve as that they was say. A swerve. <laughs> um Yeah, uh no, I didn't watch the whole thing. I I don't know, man. I feel like Brazongo, this is the problem. It's like when something gets over, they just they run it into the ground. You know, I think 2 months ago Brazongo should have been back wrestling matches and doing more live in-ring stuff as opposed to these pre-produced sketches. And uh, I just don't think this is doing either team any favors. No, it's, it'll do the Bludgeon Brothers something because <laughs> they're going to get a – it'll probably be a squash match. Squash, they're yeah. just going to destroy Brizongo. Um, Yeah, I mean, I mean, we, we've been saying this. The Fashion Files, it's a – you know, it only has – certain legs it can only go so far and it i thought it stopped being funny months ago um uh yeah and so i don't know if they're going to keep doing it and just keep it as a wwe.com thing but uh yeah it it, uh it, it jumped the shark a while ago no i mean at this point just do a full series on the network you know let them but keep the low rent production value so it doesn't cost money right you know because that that's what gave it its charm, really. Yeah. Uh, you can, but if if it's starting to suck, why keep doing it? Even, uh, um, even on WWE.com or the network. Yeah, it might get more life, I think, if they just ded- – if they give it, like, its own dedicated writers and not just, you know, people on the SmackDown staff. But well, I, uh, think, I think the thing is, though, Brizongo were halfway the writers. I think they had a hmm, decent amount perhaps. of control over that from, from what I've seen in some interviews and whatnot. I just yeah. think they, they burned through their, their <laughs> jokes and what made it funny, you know? That is true. You know, I mean, stand-up comedians spend years to hone one hour of material, and when they get a sitcom, they bring in a writer's room 
to supplement those ideas. Right. Well, it's like SNL, right? When they do yeah. a certain sketch, they don't do that, you know, like a, a character or whatever. They don't do that like drunk uncle. They're not yeah. going to do that every week. You know, they, yeah. it's like a couple times a year yeah. and it, it keeps it fresh. So if you, if you did that, like once a quarter or something like that, sure. um, just to build something up, um, you know, it could work, but I think we've, we've seen it all now. Yeah, and um, I just, whatever, so it's happening. Uh, the Bludgeon Brothers last night versus Colin Delaney and Joe Monroe. So who are these uh, fresh-faced jobbers in there? Yeah, Colin Delaney, Colin Delaney, <laughs> former ECW jobber. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's um, still around. Yeah, apparently been working the indies. I had to look him up again after last night. But uh, did you see the, the post interview uh, from him last night? He basically said, this won't be the last time you see me, so... Is he a new permanent jobber? Is he taking the Ellsworth spot? Hey, he had that scream, right? That was no, that was the other guy. Oh, the other, guy. the other guy. Scream guy. Scream guy signed that guy immediately. Oh, my God. Absolutely. That's a gimmick. He was in uh, TNA for, for a minute, too, right? Colin Delaney. Wasn't he? I'm sure it's possible. Uh, was it I'm one not of sure guys exactly. like a Chikara champion or something? Yeah, he, he was a... Yeah, he was an indie champion. Wow. Yeah, the other guy I've never seen, but the look and the scream in combination was fantastic comedy. Did you at least get to, to see that uh, powerbomb spot, Raj, or did you skim through that? I did see that powerbomb spot. That was that was okay. awesome. Uh, yeah, so he was with Chikara. We actually have a profile page on Wrestling Inc. for Colin Delaney. Nice. So if you wow. uh, Colin Delaney, you'll, you'll find it. So we've had about uh, 10 articles over on him over the past 10 years. So. Nice. So, yeah. It's cool though, you know. I mean, hey, yeah. no, that's awesome yeah. that he's he's still there. He's still he's still working, so that's great. Yeah. Uh. So the Bludgeon Brothers look strong once again, and, and they sold fans. great for the Bludgeon Brothers. I mean, oh yeah, they looked. They made the Bludgeon Brothers look look awesome. And the Bludgeon Brothers, to me, are getting over his faces. They're just because they're getting pops for like they're they're smacking each other around and getting pumped up and doing all these big power moves. They're getting over his faces. Well, everyone likes these guys. That's the thing. I think people, yeah. it's, if there's an issue with anything, it's the gimmick, you it's know, or name. not even the gimmick. It's, yeah, the name, the and body the attire. Suits, yeah. The promo. Even though the, the, the attire is better than what they used to wear, at least for Harper. <laughs> well, you're more a fan of the, the potato sack, you know? Right, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think, you know, I think Harper in general has always kind of had a, a little bit of a cult following. People have liked mm -hmm. him. And um, yeah, I mean they're they're doing everything right as far as the way to present this gimmick, you know, having them squash yeah. a bunch of people and present them as monsters. But um, we'll see. I th I think uh, you know they've been around so long and together that uh, we'll see if we'll see if it works. And the and yeah. the only reason I bring that up as as them getting over his baby faces, them facing possibly one of the bigger baby face teams on. The roster, just due to the Fashion Files and Brizongo, is how's the crowd going to react if they absolutely mutilate um, Brizongo? So, yeah, you know, a little interesting dynamic there that we might get to see on Sunday. Yeah, I don't think it'll be a squash like this, but uh, yeah, I think they're going to destroy them, though. <laughs> Hopefully, Brizongo brings some disguises, you know, really uh, makes it vaudevillain uh not vaudevillian not vaudevillain uh, but vaudevillian or uh keystone copish you know with some of the disguise changes physical comedy we shall see 
Um, long segment last night with Daniel Bryan and Zayn Owens in the ring, which I thought was good. Uh, so yeah, Daniel so Bryan's we'll... oh, go ahead. Second, refer- oh, second referee with Shane McMahon Sunday night. Yeah, so last week, I, yeah, I think I'm not the only one. I'm sure most people <laughs> predicted that. Uh, Shane takes a bump. Daniel Bryan counts the three count. Uh, and, you know, Shane and Owen, Shane and, sorry, Sammy and Owens keep their job. Um, though, I mean, that seems, that seems like the way they're going, even though I was kind of surprised they had Owens beat Nakamura in the main event. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it was semi-clean, too, um, as far as that goes. But um, with, with this being the second referee, this gives Daniel Bryan an opportunity to, A, step inside the squared circle, <laughs> B, take a bump, maybe? Oh, possibly. Mm, I don't see that. Yeah, pretty please. Yeah. I think top. he wants no. to. Yeah, maybe, I'm maybe. sure he'd love to. <laughs> Yeah, mm, but unless, that will be unless a it's like Kane, Kane, you know, like the bump he took with Kane, where the lights go out and then he's laying in the in the ring. But other yeah. than that, I don't I don't see it happening. So, so no big reveal here that you guys think he might be cleared or something. No, and and they would not show him take a bump on Total Divas, you know, when he's right. working in the ring with them. Yeah. So they're not going to do it here, uh, you know. Until- that tease on that tease got me to watch the last five minutes of that Total Divas episode too. Yeah. <laughs> so k- kudos to their marketing department. Yeah. Actually, the promo, I mean, just segue, the promos this week for Total Divas with the Natalia and Lana stuff they've been building actually isn't how me go, this actually looks compelling. Like, yeah. I want to see Natalia, yeah. like, Some, threatening Lana. Quasi-interesting. Yeah. Uh, more so than the usual stuff they put in the promos. I have no clue how good it is or how well it's executed. But yeah. um, I, so, I, used, so, I used to, you know, as doing what we do, I used to feel like I had to watch Total Divas. <laughs> you know, I watched I feel you. Huh. first few he, seasons. He had to preface that. You see that? Yeah. <laughs> no, hey, I get it, man. Um, but yeah, it's uh, like I said, every every woman that cuts my hair, when I bring up wrestling, that's what they want to talk about. Hey, man, my, my wife would watch Total Divas with me. But uh, oh, by the way, she walked in during that Woken segment. We'll, we'll talk about oh, that after this. Yeah, that, yeah, that'll be delightful. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I feel like the Raj, this should be a poll on on the on Wrestling Inc. What would you rather be walked in on by your wife watching? Pornography, <laughs> WWE programming, you know, and we could just list out all the different WWE stuff. Yeah. You know? Or the um, awoken segment. And yeah. I'm telling you, porn beats awoken segment. Yeah. <laughs> At least a WWE woken segment. Yeah. <laughs> um the Usos versus Rusev and Aiden English last night. Aiden English and Rusev uh won that match, but it was it was a promo off. I mean, we got Game Bill Benjamin before that. Um yeah. Man, I, I New Day on commentary. You know, I was I was so upset with them splitting Lana off from Rusev. I felt like they'd ruined a great act. But this Rusev Aiden English thing, I think, is just is gold. I think there's so many ways they could go with it. I think Rusev could become a massive babyface. The dude is hilarious, uh, and and w- being paired with Aiden English, you're able to bring that out. So yeah, um, you know, I think I think there could be big things ahead if they if they allow it. But Raj, based on your prediction system. Can they possibly win this Sunday if no. they won last night? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, WWE math is in full effect here. And so I think the Uso, Usos pin Aiden English to, to win this Sunday. Eh, 
Yeah. Like, Chris, what do you think? Sense. Since I haven't been on in a while, when we were talking about Rusev, ever how many months ago it's been, I was, you know, basically harping on him to become a comedic babyface. And this is what we now have, and it makes me happy. So, I mean, this is the Rusev I've been wanting to see for a long time. And and Aiden English, I knew he was pretty funny based on his NXT and FCW days uh, many, many many years ago. But, um, you know, he's finally getting a chance to show it. And these guys are are taking full advantage of of what they're giving him. So, Aiden English is great. I think uh, the reason why he hasn't been a top guy previously is he's one of those guys that no matter you know how young he is, is looks perpetually middle-aged. Um, he's just got that older look. But I think him paired with Rusev yeah. is a fantastic showcase for his talents. Yeah. It's like gender. Gender looks way older than he really is. He's only mm-hmm. 32, I think, 33. He's wow. still pretty young. Yeah. 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 Um, so Styles uh, got beat up by Jinder Mahal backstage. Uh, that was awkward. That's kind of an awkward segment. It was like AJ just got knocked out immediately. I don't know. It was started gasping, and gender wasn't really choking him per se. (laughs) He just had him by the collar. I'm like, basically, what I got out of that segment is navy pants don't go with Christmas colored plaid. Yeah, gender's fashion last night was a little off. I I like that though because I like it, it stands out. It's you know, he's a heel. He's not supposed to look totally cool. So, um, yeah. but uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was one of those that you, you're kind of like, okay, let's redo that segment. Yeah. Like if, you know, but uh, like, nah, it's fine. We got it guys. Let's move on. Yeah. That, that same level of quality, the WWE applies to their movies. They apply to their backstage segments. One take plenty. Um, yeah. And then uh, we went to the, the main event last night. Which uh, Nakamura versus Kevin Owens with Randy Orton ringside, Sami Zayn out there, and Kevin Owens won clean over Nakamura. Cleanish, cleanish, chasing Sami Zayn, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it builds that that Daniel Bryan is on their side, which normally you using wwe math that would mean that orton and nakamura are going over on sunday right but with that stip yeah i mean yeah. i mean you know steps the firing stip has never uh meant anything in wwe i no. think the only one that actually got fired uh with that stip was raven like you know 15 years ago they've used it cena's been fired like 30 times um <laughs> So, I mean, they could have Owens and Sammy lose and Daniel Bryan rehires them. But uh, I still think that, you know, Shane takes a bump and Bryan counts the win for Sammy and Sammy and Owens. Yeah, maybe the finish is uh, disputed the following week. I mean, I don't think they're going to let this go. And it's going to be kumbaya with uh, these guys and Shane McMahon going forward regardless. Well, I mean, th- this whole match is going to be convoluted anyway because if you have two referees and only two guys are legal, if you're not making all four guys legal, then who's going to make the count? It's like, all right, here, you take it. No, you take it. No, I'll take it. You know, that kind of thing. Like, Who's going to be in charge? That's where that dissension is going to come in with Daniel and Shane. So, I mean, the logistics of the match to me are already kind of funky. So, I mean, this is not going to be a great match per se. I mean, this is definitely going to be one of their – 
story centered matches to to keep this moving along. Yeah, you remember whenever they'd have a a, a celebrity special referee like Muhammad <laughs> Ali or uh, Mike, Mike Tyson, Tyson that they, they would be <laughs> on the outside and they only come in at the you know for the finish basically. That's so true. I wonder if that's what they're going to do. Like Daniel Bryan's kind of like just outside the ring, Shane McMahon's the normal ref and then um you know something happens and Daniel Bryan has to get involved. Cuz two refs in a match just Yeah, I mean, we'll you would see. think they would you would think they would have like a segment somewhere in the middle of the pay-per-view to set up how they're going to do it. Um yeah. uh at least to explain it to to the audience. So I mean, Otherwise, it's just going to be a big mess. Yeah. Well, and you last, know what they could do, you know, too, is they have them, both their shoulders are pinned, like yep. say Nakamura and Owens. Mm-hmm. And uh, Daniel Bryan counts the win for Owens, and Shane mm-hmm. counts it for Nakamura. And yep. Lots of ways you could go here. Lots yeah. of ways. Yeah, double pin. Yeah, um, so Daniel Bryan wasting no time last night, taking the referee's shirt off and putting it on. Jason Ayers My with way. the uh, big bump there. Uh, Thanks to Alpha Proto in the chat room for that idea because I, I could totally see that. But sorry, go go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah. So let's talk about Clash of the Champions and run down the card. I thought last night's Go Home Show was was pretty good for as good as I think a Go Home Show as we could have for a kind of meh pay per view. Yeah, it was an entertaining, missable show. I thought. <laughs> Like Isn't you, that you, most weeks on SmackDown? Yeah, that's what SmackDown has been. Um, well, like, all right. So for me, just sort of to, to sort of wrap everything up in a little bow since it's Christmas time, it used to, when they did the brand split, SmackDown was kind of like the work rate show, right? I mean, it was kind of like the wrestling fans show, per se. Mm-hmm. And I think they've flip-flopped, where SmackDown has become the 8- to 10-minute match show with a lot of interesting storylines because you've had Zayn and Owens pretty much given the whole the show pretty much in three or four different segments. And then you've got Cesaro and Reigns going for 20 minutes on raw and three separate 20 minute matches. So it's kind of like they've switched places to an extent. It's a better soap opera. I mean, raw has more soap opera, traditional elements, especially with the Kurt angle mm-hmm. stuff lately, but raw is so goddamn long. Yeah. I think that's more what it is. is they don't know how to fill that time. So they just have these guys wrestling in matches forever <laughs> Right, and if you like watching forever matches, regardless of how good they are, you know the winner. You know, you, you, oh, you know, with Reigns and Cesaro, I thought yes. that match was awesome, but you knew who was going to win, so I was bored, uh, yeah. even though the match was good. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's the problem is when there's no, when there's no suspense uh, on who's going to win, it just kind of kills it. No, absolutely. So uh, that being said, let's go over the card. Added. Was this even talked about last night during the show? I saw it online. Zack Ryder versus Mojo Raleigh. It's happening, folks. <laughs> it was not mentioned once. What in the That's hell it means. are they doing with this? <laughs> Is that it, a, did they announce that for a kickoff? Or I, I think it's on the main card. I, I mean, mean I, you, you yeah. might as well. You have like six matches on the on the show, so... I feel like I only know about this because I follow Mojo on Twitter and he like <laughs> responded to Zach's challenge. Um, that's how much they're promoting this match. Yeah. So we got Zach and then Zach versus Mojo, Bludgeon Brothers versus Brizango. So that's a total of one, two, three, four, seven, five, six, seven matches. That's about right. None of them are particularly interesting, <laughs> except for Sammy and, you know, because of the steps, Sammy and Sammy and Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. 
This and is that will, I that think will this probably is, be your main event too. Yeah, I think SmackDown pay per views have just been the the least interesting sh- pay per views uh, this year. Really, if you were to rank them in in order of interest, this this well, couldn't be on paper. Less, they yeah. stink, but yeah, normally these over deliver because like the Raw ones oh, that sure. look great on paper have sort of been clunks, and then the SmackDown ones have have ever exceeded their expectations. Yeah, if this was 20 years ago, this would be a WWE in your house, Clash of the Champions. Like, it would be that level of pay-per-view, you know, right. $20. Well, I think the the problem is right now is good matches are a dime a dozen. You see them all the time now, right? Yeah. So even if this show has really good matches, it's going to be forgotten in, in within days. Um, yeah. I mean, that's like, what's the last SmackDown pay-per-view? Remember that was that you've watched twice. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just, it's just here and gone. So Hell in a Cell, I recall being good. Maybe I'm just thinking of the actual Hell in a Cell match. Yeah, that's oh, the only match good. I remember. The Shane. The tag uh, team. Oh no, no, yeah, yeah, the tag team match that New was Day awesome. And yep. Yeah, yeah, New Day and Usos. All their matches have been great. Um, but that one in particular was uh, fantastic. That was in the cell, right? Right. Yeah, yeah that was good. Um, but you know, when they're doing, when you're doing 16 pay-per-views a year, Raj, which of any of these are you watching more than once? Well, that's what, well, that's what I just feel like you, I think it's coming where they're going to drop the co-branded pay-per-views. Yeah. You know, the single, I mean, the single branded pay-per-views and just move to co-branded. Cause I just, again, it's, it's not necessarily watching again, but the interest level. Um, well, and also the, the days of watching again, you had a VHS tape, you had 50 channels, you know, you, you no one, I think these days, even if they were doing iconic monumental pay-per-views would be rewatching them. You rewatch matches. I do all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I don't want rewatch the whole pay-per-view, but I, I've seen like, like styles versus scene. Was that, was that this year or last year at the Rumble? Summer that was last year. Oh, last oh Rumble. Year. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I watched that like three or four times. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, there's certain matches. Like I'm, I usually watch, rewatch Brock matches. Like I watch Brock and AJ Styles. You watch Brock matches because yeah, when you've yeah. got like five minutes. Yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to <laughs> kill say. too much time. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, I, I, I just TV think these, uh, the, the SmackDown only pay-per-views. I don't know. Uh, there's just. I just see no buzz whatsoever. It's like you have to remind people that there's a pay-per-view this Sunday. Yeah, and there's just too much TV right now. That's the other problem that the WWE is... I, I feel that they haven't recognized that, that they're trying to put pump out way more programming in an era saturated with options. Well, here's the thing, too. They're trying to renegotiate TV rights for next year, I think. Like, if you do this whole Facebook thing, if this NXT dry run for tonight, um, which oh, you can follow yeah. me at seven o'clock Eastern guys on the website and Twitter, uh, cheap plug there. <laughs> but I mean, I think they're kind of testing the waters for renegotiation. What do you think, Rosh? Um, with, with the Facebook thing, I, I can definitely see that. Um, yeah, it's going to be a tough one because you know, they got one of their lowest ratings, uh, this mm-hmm. past Monday night. Um, cause it, it's a double edged sword. You can, you can show you're putting out a lot of programming that does good ratings, but it's also constantly falling. Yeah. Uh, this year hasn't been as bad as last, but, um, 
it's it's not on it's not necessarily on the uh, the uprise but yeah mm -hmm. they're wanting to have a new tv deal set early in 2018 and um it's it's you know, we'll we'll see. I mean, WWE had promised a lot of big things with their last TV deal, and they didn't get it. Uh, they got an increase, but they were expecting at least double. Vince said something like he would tear his arm off if they didn't get at least double, and and they didn't. Um, I could see them going to Facebook. Uh, one, because Facebook just has unlimited money to throw at them. But two, the WWE has such a problem with piracy and illegal streams that I think Facebook would solve at least 50% of that. So their numbers would increase because you'd get everyone that's watching it illegally. Not now. There's too, sense? there's too much of an audience on TV that, that doesn't stream. I mean, there's well, a, maybe. there's a big older generation that, that but they're never on Facebook, streams. I mean, streaming is such a small thing. When you see like a YouTube video that has 4 million views, a lot of that is the auto. As soon as you click it, you know, right. it's the same user multiple, multiple, multiple times. Um, I think streaming is probably the thing of the future, but it's not there yet. And you'd lose a huge chunk of your audience if you want something to, if you went to a Netflix or a Facebook. Um, you, you'd need to keep it. I mean, not, you know, 90 million homes have cable and it's only dropped a couple percent, you know, with all the streaming and stuff. So that's still the way to go. Yeah, I could see them. I think what they're going to do is to compensate for the low ratings. I would think that for the same amount of money, that they got in the last deal, they would give USA essentially the rights to broadcast NXT on Wednesdays because it doesn't cost the WWE anything extra and it actually gives them more exposure. So I think it would be same amount of money or similar with NXT included on USA. Well, that that depends. Like if yeah. we'll, we'll have to see what the rating is. If it does a piss poor number, yeah, then uh, they're yeah. not going to want it. And well, that was going to be my it. question. That was going to be my question to you guys: Is do you think it will pop one one million viewers tonight? Uh, maybe. I think that's a fair number to, to sort of gauge from. What's usually a Wednesday is at 10 o'clock on USA, though. I mean, like a rerun of Chrisley Knows Best. Or Suits or yeah. the Cromogens or whatever that show is. Cromarties, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think Mr. Robot is considered one of their hits, and that does under a million, I think, right? Um, oh, really? Okay. Here, let me, let's take a quick look here. Uh, it's... Averaging 1.4 million adults, 1849. Okay, so okay. It, it does it does so, a lot more. 2.8 so million. Shot. Okay, it has a shot then. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think know. just being on cable uh, should get it in in the one million range. Um, well, it should do more than their Modern Family repeats or whatever else they're showing. That's not new programming, you know. And I don't know if they have new programming Wednesdays at 10 p.m. Yeah, I mean, for WWE, it's no lose to have NXT on USA. Yep. Uh, USA, that's a lot of wrestling that they have. And, mm -hmm. you know, in the past, they would not take SmackDown, you know, until they finally, uh, their ratings dropped enough that they wanted their numbers to go up. So they got SmackDown. But, you know, they put it on sci-fi, which it didn't fit at all <laughs> when they first did that. No. Uh, you know, they always had to find these weird homes, CW, and uh, all these weird places for it. Um but I mean, clearly they're they're more open to having a lot more WWE programming right now. Yeah, so we shall see. Um, that was a bit of a sidetrack there. I mean, but... I'm guessing 1.5 million is what is okay, my okay. prediction for the viewership. Okay. Right so that's that's generous. I, I'll, I'll say I'll say 1.2 because I, I want to be cautious, cautiously optimistic. Like I hope it does well, 
in a sense, I don't want it to do too well. That way, Vince has a little more control over it if it gets on cable. And, and it, I'll be interesting to see the, the fallout on who controls what if it ends up going to network television. And guys, I know you're doing the sidetrack because you don't want to pick a winner, but we have to decide <laughs> who's going to win, Zack Ryder or Mojo Raleigh. I mean, Raj, who's your pick? Common sense would say Mojo, but they, they care so little about these feuds. You know, it's like when Ziggler faced Corbin the first time. Corbin should have won, but they had Ziggler win. Um, so I can almost see them having Ryder win to keep the feud going, and then Mojo comes out on top at the end, but Mojo should win. I mean, he's the one turning heel. Whenever someone turns, it's kind of like, a, you know, like a, a refresh. So man, that's who I'd go. That's who I think should win. Chris, what do you think? And if Mojo wins as a heel, will he still be giving backstage tours to children in the WWE? <laughs> that was so weird. But anyways, I think Serious Mojo is a much better Mojo. I enjoyed his little mini run as a serious character uh, while Ryder was out, so I'll go with Mojo. Yeah, I think Mojo. I'd like to see Zach get another uh, push, but that's not happening. Um, Brazongo versus the Bludgeon Brothers. Raj, who do you got? <laughs> I think that's pretty clear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just I think it's more how long it takes, but Legend Brothers within five minutes. Chris? Man, I hope Tyler Breeze rolls up Rowan and then they just destroy Breezango after that. I mean, just to sort of keep it going or something. But I, I don't think they would do that because they haven't established Legend Brothers enough yet. So you you've got to go with the big guys here. Yeah, I think the Bludger Brothers make sense. Uh, we shall see. Um, the Usos versus the New Day versus Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable versus Rusev and Aiden English. Raj, you're saying it's not Rusev and English getting the SmackDown Tag Team Championship in this match. Do you think uh, the Usos retain? Yep. And Chris? Mm, hesitant, yes. Like I hope they go a different direction, but I don't think they will. Usually when they have a title change, it's, it's not in a three-way you know, unless they are protecting someone. Um, yeah. So that's why I think Natalie brought up a interesting thing in the, the chat with the Ascension helping. Oh, yeah. Uh, Brizango. But Ooh. I can see that after the match where they're continue destroying Brizango. Ascension comes in and there's your next feud. I think the Ascension. I think it's too early to beat the Bludgeon Brothers. I think the Ascension uh, – should be doing something right now, given how good they've been in the fashion files. Well, if you take a look at the tag team scene on SmackDown, there's, if you count them all up, six or seven fairly legitimate teams right now. And the clones so, I mean, are there too, just you know, yeah. waiting in the wings, <laughs> just waiting backstage yeah. by catering. Catering, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We'll see, man. Uh, I would like to see Rusev and Nate English win, but I don't think it's going that direction. Uh, championship match. For the women's division, Charlotte Flair, the champion, defending against Natalia, and oh my God, it's a lumberjack match with the entire women's roster surrounding the ring. Uh, is it going to be Charlotte? Is it going to be Natalia? Or is it going to devolve into chaos between all nine women? Raj, what do you think? I'm sure it'll be chaos. I, I just I don't see them beating Charlotte yet after she just won the title. You know, so yeah. I, I think she retains. Chris. Uh, complete and utter chaos is what I'm going for with the uh, riot squad and you know everything will devolve out there but it, like Raj said I think it's a little too early to to take it off of Charlotte so I'll have her retain and then with so many girls out there I doubt we see the cash in either 
Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe that'll be Mania at this point. Might as well save it. I mean, what else you got going on? They uh, are, like, not mentioning it at all, which almost makes you think they might be doing it soon. Because that's usually and, when they do it, when you're not here, you, when you completely forget about it. Almost. I mean, okay, from a strategic point of view, it makes sense. Like, okay, let's think in kayfabe for a second. And Carmella should be thinking chaos, Charlotte, Get, mm-hmm. gets roughed up by coming cash in but on what will perhaps be the least watched smackdown pay-per-view of the year it seems like yeah. a wasted moment yeah but they don't i mean it's carmella it's you know <laughs> like uh that's no, no offense to carmella but it's not like they treated her like anything special it's not like right. when rollins cashed in like that and- you know when he had the briefcase that's you knew that was going to be a big deal so, so I'm going to be a conspiracy theorist here for a minute. I hope since they dropped Ellsworth's name last week that he's secretly still signed and he helps Carmelo with the cash-in as a one-off appearance. I just hope it happens. But uh, that's just me being a conspiracy theorist. That'd be I, a great little bow uh, compared, you know, how, how she got the, um, the briefcase to begin with. Given how he's conducted himself since then and given the love fest with the talent, Mm-hmm. And him, um, I, I've been thinking he's just going to show up before we like they're going to change their mind. They're going to put him on two hundred five live. Something's going to happen. I wouldn't be shocked if he is back sooner rather than later. Uh, they're not bringing him back. It was what your sources it, tell you. It, 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 I mean, it was one of those. It was you know, it was a little cult thing. They got everything they could out of it, and it, it was done. He he, yeah. he has nothing to offer on two hundred five live. He's it'd, it'd he be was, a good one time pop if he came back for the. It for would the be yeah. Up. I mean, they could <laughs> have him pop, yeah. yeah a one time thing, but I, I wouldn't put him in with Carmella again. No. Yeah. Um, and and again, if you brought him in as one time thing, I'd I'd almost say like in the Rumble or you know just like it was a comedy yeah. uh, thing. But yeah, uh, I think so. If you're moving Carmella on from him, you don't want him to come back. And it's true. Help. Uh, so Charlotte Flair, we all think, is going to retain. Uh, Baron Corbin defending the U.S. championship in a three-way match against Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. We talked about this earlier. Raj, you think Corbin retains and pins Ziggler? Yep. Chris? Same. Yeah. Oh, I'd like to see Ziggler win this one, but that's not going to happen. I think Ziggler, they need to put him in a tag team or something. Him and Ryder will be the perfect tag team right now. It's like the forgotten decent Actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be good. Uh, By the way, I don't know if you've heard Ziggler on Edge and Christian's podcast, but uh, it's clear he doesn't care anymore. <laughs> yeah, he, he's got one foot out the door already, I believe. Yeah, he's just collecting a paycheck. Yeah. And uh, you can blame him. I mean, with how oh, he's yeah. – they keep teasing him every – you know, once every couple of years, and, and boom. Um, AJ Styles, the WWE Championship, putting it on the line against Jinder Mahal with the Singh brothers. Raj, what do you think? I got to go with AJ. I think, um, I you know, I mean, it, it did seem like they were building to gender and Cena at Mania with, you know, Cena winning his, you know, record, record winning 17th world title. Um, but I honestly, I think see, if you did Cena and AJ, that, that would be a much better match. Nakamura, they it's clear they've kind of given up on him. I don't see them doing AJ and Nakamura Mania unless it's not for the title. So um, I think I think AJ goes over. Yeah. Um, I mean, is this the end of the line for Jinder being in the main event picture? 
Yeah, but where does either guy go? Because they're not really well, setting true. up, you know, a clear challenger for for either person unless we get some sort of swerve in the match or a return or something, or one of the guys in the the tag match, you know, pops up as a challenger. But um, I think AJ probably goes over, but I'm not sure where he goes to necessarily. Yeah, no, I think AJ wins as well, but we'll see. Um, and then the match with the greatest stakes of the night, Randy Orton and Shinsuke Nakamura versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. If Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens lose, they're not just fired from SmackDown, but the entire WWE, Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan, both the special guest referees. Raj, is this the end of KO and Sami's <laughs> career in the WWE? I, I guarantee we'll see them on SmackDown within within a week or two. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'm almost leaning to a double pin. Yeah. Um, I could totally see that. Um, you know, they're not getting fired, clearly. So I'm going to go double pin. I think it's a, a draw. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's a good way to protect all four guys if they really don't want to pin Orton, which they rarely do. Um, and same with Nakamura. They've protected him to, him, to an extent, I guess, um, but not as much as they have initially. But – Give me Owens and Zane via some sort of chicanery. Not sure what, but somehow they keep their jobs. Shenanigans. Yeah. Yeah, I could see it happening. Um, do you think that match goes last in the evening or they'll do it second to last? I think second to last. Yeah. Mm, as much emphasis as they put on their titles, they normally put their main event segment last, no matter what titles are on the line. So, even though it is Clash of Champions, you technically probably should put your title match on last. But if they have a big angle planned, I don't think they want the Mahal-Styles match to sort of be an afterthought. I think they want to leave the pay-per-view on a big note if they have something planned. Yeah, I yeah. think all year they've kind of been doing that, right? Like uh, mm-hmm. Owens and Shane was on last. Uh, Survivor Series, the five-on-five Raw match was last over yep. Rock versus – even though that was well, – that should be, title. yeah. yeah. Um, Roman versus Undertaker went on last at Mania, even though that wasn't a title match. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, but, I can uh, see Daniel Bryan turns on Shane after the match, joins the Yep movement, and we cut to trademark 2018. That would, that would be a very honorable thing for him to do. <laughs> I don't see them doing a payoff like that yet. I think it, it's going to be one of those where it's your left – you know, with oh, what's going to happen? You know, this <laughs> this Tuesday on SmackDown, I think there's going to be some sort of cliffhanger. Well, uh, speaking about uh, what's happening Tuesday, so is it confirmed that Rockstar Spud is debuting on 205 Live? Is it going to be during Raw Monday or 205 Live proper on Tuesday night next week? I, I, that's what it looks like. Um, sometime next week, though. So. And you've got Hideo Tommy on 205 Live next week too. They announced that last night. Yep, Hideo Tommy. Yeah. So what else is going on in the world of uh, wrestling? Uh, we got the Facebook announcement today, which when I saw at first, I was like, is this some other like stupid super card thing? Is this an app? Is this a game? <laughs> like uh, people making the matches, mixed tag matches. But no, it's a 20-minute a week, 12-week tournament on Facebook with the WWE. The fans are going to get to choose the pairings, the matches, the stipulations. And we're going to have to tune in Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, to see what happens on Facebook Live. Yeah, so all those guys who are like, man, it's not enough WWE on right now. <laughs> there you go. Another 20 minutes each week. 
So uh, how how many screens am I going to have to have for Twitter now, guys? I'm just asking for myself here. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Hey, man, I got the you know the new Apple TV and Facebook Video. One of the apps oh, you can yeah. install, dedicated. I believe it's on Roku as well. Yeah. Someone's asking about Woken Matt Hardy. Who else after Wyatt do you have him feud with on Raw? What do you guys think? Okay, let's talk about this real quick. What do yeah. you guys think about uh, the Matt Hardy stuff? I think putting him with Bray is a mistake. Um, I well, absolutely because... agree. Hmm. You, I think I think he needs a different. straight straight guy. Yeah, like, it's uh, it's. It was, I thought the the segment on Monday. People treat this broken thing like it's a religion. Like you can't talk bad about <laughs> it. You know, like you have to like it. Uh, it sucked this last Monday. It was the most cringeworthy segment I've seen in a while on Raw, I thought. And that's and, saying something. And that's saying something. I thought it was terrible. Matt Hardy, it seemed like he was playing the broken character as opposed to being the character. You know what I mean? And it, Like all that rawness that it had in TNA was sucked out of it. And it was just corny. It's goofy. It sucked. Uh, I'll say it. It was terrible. And uh, anyone that doesn't watch wrestling or is not familiar with it would watch that and just be like, "Why the, why are you watching this? Like, the goddamn, what in the hell is this? Is the wrinkled sheet? The wrinkled sheet behind him just infuriated yes. me. Yeah, <laughs> that was that's part of the gimmick, Glenn. It's supposed but, to be yeah, easy. But, but I think when you're cutting back and forth, you have that woken graphic. Yeah, okay, like that was stupid. stupid as hell. That was that was a dumb addition. But you pick a side, like, and then the splicing it back and forth is stupid as hell too. Right. Yeah. The first week I thought was actually pretty brilliant because I thought it was one of the better comedy segments that WWE has done in a long time. The first week. And I actually think Bray Wyatt is a very good foil for Matt Hardy because he sort of has that broken-esque demeanor and it gives him something actually interesting to do yeah. and play off of. You know why it's terrible, Chris? Mm -hmm is because they WWE can't help themselves with Bray Wyatt, and they have to do stupid crap that's corny as hell, whether it's maggots in, on the ring apron or the the House of Terror or whatever that was. Yeah, yeah. It's always something cringeworthy uh, that they that they do with them. And and with this new Woken thing, that's why I agree with Glenn. I feel like he, he almost needs, like, someone that's the straight guy that, you know, yeah. is not freakish. So it really brings that woken okay. you know wackiness yeah, out that. as opposed to where they're just out goofing each other off and it just looks like uh when they were laughing for a minute and a half or whatever that was it was just stupid Ten, ten hours actually if you go back on yeah. the wwe's youtube <laughs> like God, they did a just... ten hour loop of them just I laughing it sucked. Finn Balor would be good, but Finn would then get into his own it's talking about the demon thing. Look, the right. demon's awesome when Finn shows up as the demon. When Finn starts talking about the demon, it's kind of like, no, cut this, guys. This is really... I almost seeing someone like Elias, where you don't, you're not sure. doing wackiness on both sides. You got the I... wackiness on one side that people get behind, and then this guy who just thinks it's weird and... and, and uh, you know, and then well, well, Bray Wyatt is actually playing his regular character, though. Yeah, he's and his regular extremely... character hasn't worked in years. Well, that I agree with, but at least he's playing his regular self. He's not trying to be sort of the wacky person. Whereas Matt, there's a very distinct difference in how he delivers it. 
than where Bray delivers. I said on Twitter, I think Goldust would have been awesome. Oh, that, no. That's that's bringing that's worse. taking Matt down to pre, you know pre-show. <laughs> well, maybe uh, do it as Dustin Reynolds, uh, yeah. you know, and have him do it that way. But I like the idea that you give him someone that at least is a little more a different flavor, a different vibe. With Bray, it's too. It's it's going to drag it in Bray's direction. Uh, I mean, if they went comedy, you saw the crowd response on, on oh. when it started. They were cheering him when they first cut to Matt, and then every time they cut to Matt, it was dying and it was dying, and it was nothing by the end. They're going to WWE. They're they're putting the they're vincifying the broken character, and and they're going to kill it. But That's how right. do you have someone react to it without it being making it more comedy? You know what I mean? How do you have someone react to it without being like our truth, just looking at them like they're crazy? You know, um, like how you did it in TNA. Yeah. That's one thing that TNA did great is they one thing though, yeah. well, because Matt had complete creative control over. It. Yeah, I mean, it seemed it was it was one of those things where it was so wacky, but so when we were talking about watching things over again, that was one of the things I'd watch over again because it was so out there. wrestling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and but it fit, and it didn't seem like. I mean, you knew he's acting, but it didn't seem like like he was. Uh, mm-hmm. It was just it was just something so out there that it was it was awesome. Uh, you didn't know what it was at first. You keep watching it, and you're like really appreciating it. This is not that. Well, and and I think that's where they made a mistake too. Is they went from him breaking down with one delete chant. And then straight into full character. Like, yeah. there, there was no build to get to what he is now. I yeah, think like they, doing they some backstage vignettes or, you know, right. doing yeah. a, something as opposed to – because anyone not familiar with this is – They're not going to know what it is. What the hell is going on? Exactly. Oh, I'm surprised WWE geez. just haven't come out in the boat, you know, and just be like, everybody gets this, right? You guys all know what this is in reference to, right. you know. No. Um, it's – we'll see, man. You think and, he's going to uh, wrestle? People are saying Matt has complete creative control. He has some creative control. No one has no one has complete creative control in WWE uh, yeah. other than Vince. So. so you think he's going to wrestle Bray on Christmas? I don't think they're going to do it that quick. No. Save it for the Rumble? I mean... Well, remember, Christmas, I, I've, I heard you guys talking about that. Christmas is always a throwaway show. They don't yeah. really put big, big stuff on Christmas. Brock is coming back next week, not on Christmas. Well, that's true. He's not booked yeah. for the Christmas Raw. You're going to do one of your lowest ratings of the year. Why, you know, why bother? And why do you go live? Like, well, that's true. I mean, yeah, exactly. Why go live? But if I'm yeah. them, if I'm going to make my people work on Christmas Day, why not do what SmackDown's done when they have like their long stretches without a pay-per-view? And that's what Raw's in right now before the Rumble. Why not treat that one as like a mini pay-per-view and load up the card? Because no one's gonna, no one's watching it that night. Yeah, why, them, why load it up if a, no one's watching it? Load it up. At least give out. them an emphasis to watch, though. Is what, what I'm saying. But, yeah, yeah but it's it's a it's a throw. Just in general, no one's going to watch yeah. it. So you know, you're that's going to be the lowest rated show of the year. So why load it up when there's no payoff to that? You might get a you might do two point four million viewers yeah. instead of two point two million. But why not save the big raw for a week later? Which, don't right, even get two point eight million, you know? And the playoffs are the playoffs are ending what? Uh I, I mean the playoffs are starting in a in a in a few weeks. So there's gonna be no part, Monday yeah. night football. That's when you want to load it up is when yeah. you're getting all these viewers coming back. Um so that's what, what they happened? do every year. It's so always January's at once the you know, the November and December are usually dead months 
as far as big storylines and big returns uh, outside of Goldberg last year. And uh, and then they really pick it up in January once Monday Night Football is done and then they're leading into the Rumble and Mania season. So when your wife walked in on you watching this, Raj, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I, I said, don't even ask. <laughs> it was, oh my gosh. I, I, it was cringe. And, and anyone that's saying it was great or Broken Matt is great, I agree. I love the Broken Matt character, but that sucked. And you got to look at it objectively, rewatch it, and really objectively say that was great because that sucked. The graphics made it worse. Much worse. <laughs> Much worse, yes. Much the, worse. The, the little random cuts, I thought, gave it the comedic value. Instead of, oh, look, here is Woken, Matt Hardy, with a breaking piece of glass. It's, it's <laughs> like they took a decent thing and made it absolutely terrible. Bray Wyatt's the wrong guy. He's, he's career suicide right now. Anyone he's involved with... Uh, once they get in a feud with him, it just brings them down. Whether it's Finn, Orton, uh, any feud he's been in, uh, it's not like the person in that feud has came out a bigger star. Yeah, well, and and it's not, and I don't blame Bray. I, I blame WWE for how they treat his character. So I think I think there's money in Bray. I think he's very talented. Totally, but his promos are so redundant. He's been saying the same crap for years. Um, that it makes no sense. You need to turn him or do something because uh, it's, it's stale as hell. Uh, Natalie in the chat has a question. When's uh, Jeff Hardy returning? After, is he's hoping to get back by mania. I don't see it's happening. I think it's yeah, going to be, gonna be uh, a while. <clears throat> yeah, it'll probably be like May. Hmm. Well, we shall see. What else we got, Raj, before we take this on? Uh, Jericho and Omega. I wanted yeah. uh, I don't know if you guys caught that. I it's, saw the video uh, going around social. But I did not so, watch uh, table throws, apparently, um, making full contact. So, I mean, just these guys showing up, attacking each other in random places, whether it be a press conference, uh, during Omega's match, this is what pro wrestling should be. It almost feels like a real fight, a real feud between two guys rather than a campy storyline. Uh, yeah, I'm not one of those New Japan is the greatest thing in the world and and uh, you suck if you don't like New Japan. Right. I, but, or you're not a real wrestling fan if you like New Japan because <laughs> I have a hard time he didn't, he, he didn't watching it, a bunch. Didn't and regardless of how good the matches are, if if I don't see the guys as stars, I can only watch so much of it. Yeah. But um, I do like, you know, I, I like Okada, but I don't, I, I think his matches are great, but I don't find him that interesting as a character. Um, but I thought this Omega Jericho stuff was the best thing I've seen in wrestling in a long time. And it's stuff they, it's doing the stuff they've been doing forever and doing it in a different way. So it comes across as realistic and it, it, uh, it was awesome. I mean, when they did the, uh, the bit where Jericho attacked Omega, you know, at uh, this past weekend and they did the video, the video with Jericho talking and then the lights came on and Jericho was behind him. They've been doing that forever on WWE, right? Yeah. But they usually do it with Kane or Bray Wyatt, and it's this spooky, you know, uh, magical thing. Whereas this, it was done in a more realistic way mm -hmm. as a surprise. It was almost like on Nitro when they do stuff like that where uh, a wrestler from WWF would show up or something like that. And it was just so effective. And then the press conference the following night, um, the, the following day, it just 
you know, again, you see that all the time where you, where you have uh, the contract signings and they do the attack. But the way they did it, by doing it at a press conference, it just made it seem real. And it's taking the same thing that you do in WWE all the time and making it realistic and it's way more effective. And I wish WWE would kind of follow suit and just see that because uh, this match and the build for it is the best thing I've seen in a long time. Hmm. And the match, you know, they've been on record saying that they don't care if it's five stars or they took a shot at Meltzer there and said <laughs> six stars. And, you know, and, and that's not what this match should be. So, I mean, as a very, very casual New Japan fan, and by that I mean rarely watch it, this this will get me to look at their product. Um, so, I mean, that's that's it's working. It brought a WWE source into one of their big stars, and that's that's how we do it. And that's, that's a great way to do it. Yeah, yeah. Veg- Veggie Gamer <laughs> bringing up how Jericho called one of the uh, one of the journalists in the crowd after that a an F face censoring a little bit, but you know <laughs> he's cursing and everything, and it made the whole thing seem real. You know, if they did in WWE, it'd be the corny, corny scripting and uh, the, calling and the, him a butt face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Screw you, butt face. <laughs> um, oh, it was great. So if you haven't checked it out, it's on the site. Uh, this is the best build up to a match I've seen in a very long time. And it's by doing stuff they do in WWE all the time, but differently and putting a twist on it. And it's way more effective. And I wish WWE would take note because that realism is what's really hurting the WWE product. I think, mm-hmm. I think it's hard to get into these match buildups because it's the same stuff you do all the time. It's kind of corny most of the time. And uh, if you're not an existing fan that's into it, I don't know how you get new fans into this current product with the, the current scripting. I don't know, man. Have you heard anything more behind the scenes about Dana Brooks' new role in Titus Worldwide that we learned about the other night <laughs> right. on Monday Night Raw? That's Perhaps actually going to put role. butts in the seat. That that's that's good role for her too, by the way. She don't need to be wrestling. <laughs> I, I thought that was a perfect little playoff of that because they they were acknowledging sort of low key that they she can't wrestle. Ah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I like Dana. I think I like they, they killed her. I think they killed her confidence by bringing her up too soon because she was improving in mm-hmm. NXT, and so um, she could go back to NXT now and probably have a really good heel run. Yeah. Um, who knows? Yeah. Uh, anything else before we take this home, Raj? Oh man, there's tons of stuff on the site. Uh, I, there's a wrestling Inc. interview with Jinder Mahal. That was a few days ago. If you go under on the site, go under news interviews, you'll see recent interviews with Terry Funk, Al Snow, uh, uh, Cesaro and Sheamus. Um, one coming up with uh, I, I, the one I did with Brandy Rhodes. Uh, part of that will be up today. So, yeah, tons of stuff. So check it out. Cool, man. And uh, Sunday night after Clash of the Champions, the Wrestling Inc. podcast will be live. When that ends, and it'll be myself, Raj, I believe, Mr. Matt Morgan. Yeah, if he if he's awake, <laughs> see. if he is woken, if he is uh... woken, I could see him falling asleep during this pay per view. <sighs> Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, their careers yeah. in the WWE are on the line. Yeah, tune in to find out what happens. And where they're going to go afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Rock has dang MQ in the chat bringing up the Rock expecting a third child. Uh, he's got two daughters so far. And uh, what else do we got? Cena has a new movie, Ferdinand, which is first. I think that's the first ever um, movie from a wrestler nominated for a Golden Globe. So, wow. Yeah. Okay. It's for best anime. Oh, wait. Or was Moana? 
Oh, Moana Mona. had to be nominated for something, I'm sure. And yeah. ironically, I believe uh, the movie The Wrestler was nominated for a Golden Globe. That's true. But yeah. they didn't really have a wrestling in the league role. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, folks. We'll be back here Sunday night. Until next time, I'm Glenn Rubenstein. We'll see you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. <laughs>